in this Mission Sunday this morning, I'd like us to turn to Psalm 90, and we're going to be looking at one specific verse there, Psalm 90. We'll read through the whole psalm because it all ties together, but I'd like us to just focus on what that one verse has to say to us this morning. Psalm 90 verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength, eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So, teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favour of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. I've named the sermon today very specifically, What's in a Number? An Australian man recently phoned a, I won't say which airline, but it's very closely linked with him. And he recorded and he got put through to one of those those messages that you get on the recordings. Please be patient. Our next available customer services operator will be with you. We value your call. (laughs) The man waited for 15 hours, 40 minutes and one second before hanging up. That's a true story. The airline later apologised and said it would investigate the incident. He's still waiting. Now, before we laugh, we're at the start of 2013. By God's grace, and don't presume on this, by the way, in the graveyard are small graves, medium-sized graves, and long graves. At the start of 2013, the Lord gave each one of us 8,760 hours 
Of those, 130 have already passed. This psalm, Psalm 90 verse 12, speaks to us a little bit about those hours that the Lord has given to us that are ticking by. And after the service, you'll have one hour less. I won't be that long. But it speaks to us about the time the Lord has given to us and what we do with that time. Verses 1 and 2, if you look at them just quickly, speaks about God's God being eternal and mankind being temporary. You see, God has been there from everlasting to everlasting. To God, time does not mean anything. He was there before time was created. He created hours, minutes, seconds. God is eternal. And by comparison, you and I, as people, we are very, very temporary. The Bible says in that text we read, God blesses most of us with 70 years. My statistics are against me even for that. And some of us 80 if we are strong. But no one lives to 969 years anymore like dear old Methuselah. Imagine. God has given us limited hours. But there's a responsibility that comes with those hours. And that's where we get to verse 12 which says, so teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. You see, what the the psalmist there is saying is, Lord, teach me. My days come from you, God. You are the eternal one. Teach me how to number my days. Life and wisdom originate from the eternal God, the everlasting God, the one who was before all time. He has given us life. He is the giver of wisdom. And as the giver and sustainer of life and wisdom, the psalmist says, Lord, teach me. Teach me what to do with every hour you give me, Lord. As you sit here this morning, have you still got a teachable spirit when it comes to the time God has given you? Or do you just presume that you'll wake up tomorrow morning and you can just go through your planned out day and it will just be like that the next day, the next day after that, the next week after that? Do we presume on the time God has given to us? The psalmist says there's a responsibility on you and I. We are to go before the Lord in humility and bow before him and say, Lord, what would you have me do with every single hour you've given to me? Every hour, Lord, what would you have me do? Or are we wise in our own eyes? We know what we're going to do with our time. It's all pre-planned. I'm going to go to school again or uni. I'm going to study. I'm going to become a lawyer. And then I'm going to earn lots of money. And I'll yes, I'll send lots to the mission field. But I'll be well off. I'll have a car. Nothing wrong with those things, by the way. If that's what God wants for you. Teach me to be wise. Teach me to number my days. God is the source of our days. Secondly, that verse teaches us that we are to count our days. Lord, teach me to number my days. Now, maths teachers, don't get excited. This is not a counting exercise. He's not saying, Lord, teach me to count every day, so mark them off on the calendar. It's not what it's about. He's saying, Lord, help me to make each day count for you. Each hour you've given to me. Help me one day to be able to give an account of what I've done with every day that you've given to me. 
Help me to see every hour and every minute as a gift from God that I'm to use and spend for God in service of you, God. If you think of your life every week, every day, what eats up all those hours in your day? What is it? Yes, it might be work, but what else eats up the hours in your day? Do you sit there going through whatever activity you do and the hours tick by, the minutes tick by, the days tick by? And you can't give an account of them. You see, the Lord is very practically, through the psalmist, calling us to number every single day before him. This is a reality check for each one of us at the start of this new year. You see, we all know the kind of life Christ calls us to. And that's a life of self-sacrifice, a life of taking up that cross which God has given me to bear, and of following Jesus Christ, wherever that might be. That is what we are supposed to do with every single hour God has given to us. We often preach about it. We might often talk about what we're going to do. But do we practically live that life? When we look at the reality of the churches in New Zealand today, we've heard a bit about the Cook Islands. There's a shortage of godly ministers who can go into churches and preach. Churches are crying out for ministers in this country to preach God's word. There's a shortage of missionaries, both local in New Zealand and overseas. Mission agencies are crying out for people to live self-sacrificial lives and to leave the comforts of their lives behind and to follow the call of the Lord and to go and take the gospel to people who haven't heard it. They are crying out. There are not enough missionaries. Young people, I want to put a direct challenge out to you this morning. Because of some of us older ones, we feel set in our ways already. But you young people, what are you going to do with your life? Are you just going to zone into that comfort zone that all your other mates are doing around you and get the things that they get, the cars, the stereos in the cars, the games on TV, the computer games, the computers, the gadgets, the cell phones, is that what you're going to aim for? Comfortable life? Or is God perhaps calling you to be trained to become a missionary to take out his word to people who haven't heard it? Whether it's in New Zealand or outside of New Zealand doesn't matter. Is God calling you or are you happy to sit in the comfort zone this morning? God says, teach me, says the psalmist, to number every single day you've given to me. In our churches, we are crying out, for people who will be committed to serve. And thank you, Lord, God has given us many people in this local church who are willing to serve. But there are still some of you who have been coming year in, year out, and you are not getting involved. Maybe today will be God's word coming directly to you. Serve. There's concern, a lack of concern for the old, the elderly, and the sick. People just to visit, to be a comfort. What about those people outside the circle of this church? Our next door neighbour. How many of you have actually, and I'm not going to ask you to put up your hands, but maybe I should. How many of you actually met our next door neighbours? Put up your hands. You see? We need to be serious about this life God has given to us. Every hour we are to count for the Lord. 
And the reason for us not going and not being serious about this, J.R. Packer put it very succinctly. Listen to this. He says this. When it comes to cheerful self-abandonment, I love that, cheerful self-abandonment in Christ's service. You don't often get those terms kind of together. When it comes to cheerful self-abandonment in Christ's service, we dither. It's an old word for we hold back. Why? He says it's basically out of unbelief and sheer disobedience, pure and simple. Unbelief. Why unbelief? You see, in our heart of hearts, do we really believe that Christ is who he says he is? John Piper pointed to that. He is the supreme Lord. He can change people's hearts. Do we believe that in our hearts? In our hearts of hearts, are we afraid of the consequences of going the whole way for Christ? Young people, are you afraid of going the whole way for Christ in your hearts? Are you afraid of stepping away from the safety factor in your life, of stepping away and outside of that comfort zone that you are in? Yes, it's, it's, it's the area, and yet this is the area of greatest excitement, the area of greatest growth and of greatest, richest living for Christ, is when we step out of our comfort zones and follow the Lord Jesus Christ where he's taking us. I never dreamed in my whole life I would be going to Ethiopia. Never. We've got to step outside of our comfort zones and go. And no, before I start sounding like a martyr, no, it's not like that. But it is definitely outside a comfort zone. You see, when we don't step out of our comfort zones, when we aren't thrown back on the Lord Jesus Christ and holding on to Him for our strength, for our daily living, when we aren't thrown back on Christ for that, we step back on our own strength, we step back on our own resources, and we step back on ourselves. Christ wants us to hold on to Him. And what about the obedience thing? The only reason we don't serve in this way, says Packer, is because of sheer disobedience. You see, as believers, you and I, we know what we should be doing hour by hour, day by day, but we choose not to. We choose not to do what God wants us to do. We choose not to go where God wants us to go, even though His voice might be very clear in us. We choose not to. Now, we're in one of those camps, you see. Psalmist calls us this morning here to come back to the Lord and to count every single day and make it count for the Lord. And then we will live a life that is free in Him. I don't know if any of you have ever done this. I've done this a few times and this is admitting now. I've driven my car with a handbrake on because I haven't been looking at the warning lights. And it just doesn't feel the same. I don't want to go. And I like speed. And when you let go of the handbrake, it's amazing how free it feels. It really goes. Fuel consumption really goes down too. You know, sometimes we live our lives with a handbrake on. And that's because of disobedience or hesitance to hold on to the Lord. Not being willing to step out where God is going with us. Thirdly, the psalmist here calls us, he says, our days have a purpose. Lord, 
Teach me to count my days so that I can get a heart of wisdom. You see, there's purpose in our days. And that purpose is we are to gain a heart of wisdom through this time God has given to every single one of us. Every single hour is there to give us wisdom which comes from the Lord. You see, we are to learn, says verse 16, if you glance down at that, we are to learn to see what God is already at work with. Lord, says verse 16, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. You see, sometimes we go about our lives, we go about doing what we think we should be doing instead of working where the Lord wants us to work. And yes, you might even be available to the Lord and you say, Lord, send me. And then I go where I think I should go instead of looking to the Lord and seeing where He is already at work. As a church, we can do that too. Even in our missions program, People can step off the mission field and now there are funds available and we want to support mission. And so we think, okay, well, let's just support these people. But have we as a church, as Wanganui's Baptist, gone to the Lord in prayer and asked the Lord, Lord, where are you working? Where do you want us to be giving towards your work already happening? We need to ask God to show us His glorious power at work. You know, and when you ask that prayer of the Lord, He's not going to show you a whole lot of angels working over one person. The Lord is going to work in your heart. And He's going to give you a heart of love for people. And you will see people in a whole different light. You will see people, if they love the Lord, you will see them walking for the Lord, and you will ask yourself, how can I help these people to walk their walk before the Lord? And when you look at people that are not Christians, you will see them with the eyes of those who are lost and you will love them and you will say, Lord, how can I share the gospel with that person? How can I show them Jesus' love? That is the answer to the prayer when we ask the Lord to show us his glorious work at work. He gives us a heart of love for people. That's what he does. It's not a big violent and a big dynamic thing. It is a soft voice that speaks to us. Changes our hearts and makes them soft for people. That is true wisdom, you see. That is true wisdom. And so our prayer needs to be, Lord, with every single day that you give me, give me a heart of wisdom. Give me a heart that loves people, that loves to see your kingdom come, that loves to see your work be done on this earth, that loves to see people come to see you as their saviour. That should be our prayer when we look at that verse this morning. And so I come to my challenge to you this morning. Are your days that God has given to you, every single hour that you presume you're going to get for the rest of this year, is every single hour for the Lord? Or are you, in contradiction to that, are you having the time of your life? Teenager, you might be partying it up grand with your friends. It might just be the time of your life. You've got pocket money, you might be working, you might have money, and now you've got freedom. You are having the time of your life. I want to challenge you this morning. Is every single hour that God has given you, is it for the Lord if you're a believer here today? Or maybe you've been holding back from a risky, costly course to which you know in your heart that, that God is calling you 
And maybe it is mission training this morning. Maybe you will be the next generation that will go and encourage the believers in Waka. Maybe you will be the ones who will take over from the Birkinses in the Philippines when they are too old and have to step off. And that church is carrying on. Maybe the Lord is calling you to be a missionary right here in New Zealand to go to people who do not know the Lord, to become a minister of the gospel, to go and preach the word where the word is not being kept anymore. Maybe it's your calling. Maybe you are holding back on that call in your life this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. God is an everlasting God. He is an unchanging God. He does not change. And He is faithful to you. And He will be adequate for you. And you will never need more than He can supply. And what He supplies, both materially and spiritually, will always be enough for the present. It will never be too little. So step out with the Lord, trust in Him, and watch how He supplies your need. Don and I have done that. We've seen what God has supplied through this body of believers here so that this mission to Ethiopia can carry on. We've seen God supplying Bibles more than we asked for. God is a faithful God, you see. He will never let us down when we are about His work. Why not? He said in His Word, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 8, My grace, says Jesus Christ, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Whose weakness? Your and mine. You see, when we say before the Lord, Lord, I am weak, you are strong, then God starts working through us. But when I say, Lord, I am strong, then God says, well, you obviously don't need me. Go about your work. But I am not there. Are you weak in the Lord? And thereby strong in the Lord? Because God is at work through you? So my challenge to you this morning is this. Leave the spiritual comfort zone behind you. And by the way, those of you over 16, 17, 18, don't get too comfortable. The Lord calls us at any age. It's not just teenagers, by the way. Many, many people have gone into mission work when they finish their jobs. And when they go on so-called retirement, that is when they start mission work. And they go out and take over or give relief where missionaries need to come off the field. So don't get too comfortable. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your spiritual comfort zone. And step into a life Christ has called you to. Make your life count for the Lord this morning. You see, it's only in obedience to Christ that your life will count. I'll repeat that. It's only in obedience to Christ that your life will count. And that applies to us as a church too. We've heard the call. We've stepped up to that call. And it's only through our obedience as a church that the Lord works. In Ethiopia as well as here. It's when we are obedient to Him. And so this year, the Lord doesn't want New Year's resolutions from you and I. You see, because New Year's resolutions, and I know my own life, usually leads to procrastination. A big word that means I don't do much. Or it leads to intentions, which are just actions which haven't happened. The Lord calls you and I to action for Him. 
He asks you and I to start this year in service of Him. How? Five things, and I'm done this morning, very shortly. Firstly, go. Is the Lord calling you to go this morning? Whether it's in this country or outside of this country, whether it's for training, whether it's one year Bible college training, whether it's three years Bible college training, whether it's training as an accountant and then saying to the Lord, Lord, you want me to be an accountant for you firstly on the mission field and then in a career. The Lord is calling. Are you listening this morning? He says, go on our board over there. Go into all the world. Secondly, if you can't go, John Piper said, then you need to be sending. And as a church, we've stepped up to that. We are sending this morning. But we need more than just finance. We need you sending your prayers with us. We need you to continue to pray for Don and I, to pray for the church out there in Ethiopia, to pray for that driver of that bus while he drives that bus for us to pray for Jason and Shirley Birkin in the Philippines, to pray for Samuel and Praveena Dasi in southern India, to pray for Vijay and Narsama Chandra in Fiji, to pray for Andrew Smith as he works for uh, SIM in Auckland. Continue to pray for our missionaries. The Lord calls you to send. And if you can't send, then the Lord calls you to give to the ongoing work of missions, both local, the work of this church, and missions. Fourthly, the Lord calls you to serve in this church firstly. You know, there are so many activities that happen here, and many of us don't know what happens in the background. We need people to serve in this church. When I walk around our gardens, I could garden as well, and I do sometimes. We need people to just garden. That is serving this body. It's keeping our buildings Neat and tidy. The Lord has given us these premises. Hospitality to one another. Going to visit the elderly and the sick. Pastoral care. We've called for a pastoral care team this year to be the first reference for people who need someone just to talk to. Are you maybe being called into that ministry? What about community outreach? Some of our people go out and use flip charts and bring the gospel to people on our streets. Our neighbours are still waiting for a call from Wanganui's people. Are you going to be the one that goes and says, Hi, I'm at Wanganui's. I'd just like to meet you. Here's a gift of whatever. Flowers, food. Or maybe friendship lunches every Thursday once a month. We have friendship lunches that happen where we serve the community a meal. And it's a great time just to sit next to someone and to hear their story. And believe me, some of their stories are weird. But you just listen to it. They just need an ear to hear. Be a friend to someone. What about our hospital and chaplaincy services? We run, help to run those services. We've got home groups. We need leaders in our home groups. We need homes that can host home groups. We need a seekers group for this year. It's really been on my heart. Lord, I want to have a group here where the people who are looking for the good news, are looking for the way to God, can just come, sit with people, and go through something that points them to Jesus Christ, specifically that gospel message. Are you the one who can host a group like that this, this year? And if you can't do any of those, then the Lord calls you to love and you can't get out of that one. He calls you to love. He calls you to love every brother and sister in Christ sitting around you. He calls you to love every stranger that you've never met who might be a visitor here today. He calls you to love everyone who's outside of this church, who you meet with, but love 
people, whether they know the Lord, whether they don't know the Lord, love them in Christ. You see, it's all part of going. It's all part of numbering our days and our hours. C.T. Studd put it like this, a missionary. And most of you will know this one off by heart. If you haven't, put it up in your kitchen and look at it every single day. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Your MP3 player will go out of fashion. It will stop working. Even your cell phone teenagers will go out of date. It will stop working. And you won't need one one day when Christ comes. But the work that you do for Him now will stand. Because it will stand in souls that have been saved who will be with you and I into eternity if you and I would just but open our mouths, open our lives to people around us. Are we doing that, people? Are we doing that? Many things can be replaced, but lost time is gone forever. Every second you sit in front of that TV, and I speak to myself here too, Every second you sit in front of the TV is another second gone. You can never get it back again. It is gone forever. But it could be a second that could be one for eternity for Christ. By you opening your mouth and speaking to someone and serving someone. The psalmist says, teach me to number my days that I may get a heart of wisdom. And then don't miss this promise in verse 17. Look at it. If we do that, verse 17 says, then the favor of the Lord will rest upon us and He will establish the work of our hands. You see, if we are obedient to the Lord, He will be faithful to us. He, he will favor, His favor will rest upon you and I. That means His blessing will rest upon you and I. There's the promise from Scripture this morning. If you're obedient to the Lord, if you step out, In obedience to the Lord, if you go and be trained by the Lord, whether you know how your finances are going to add up or not, doesn't matter. You step out in obedience. God will favor you. He will bless you. And He will establish the work of your hands. That's the only hope I have when we go to Ethiopia now. God will establish our steps. That means He will plant them as if in cement. And He will put His arms and His hands on our feet. And He will bring fruit. Where there is labor. God will establish our steps. Do you want to experience the blessing of the Lord? Then count your days before Him. Ask the Lord to teach you to count your days. And get a heart of wisdom. And God will bless you and use you. Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, thank you that on this Mission Sunday... That we can come with this promise from your word. That if we count our days, if we ask you to teach us to be responsible for every single hour that you give us. That you will give us a heart of wisdom. And your promise of blessing rests on us. And so Lord, we want to claim that promise from you today. But at the same time as we claim Your spirit points to our hearts and asks the question, are you being obedient to me? Lord, work in every single one of us. And Lord, if there are any here that do not yet know you as their Savior this morning, I pray that they would bow their proud knee to you, the God Almighty, the one everlasting, 
and that they would find life through Jesus Christ, the one who died so that we can live. Lord, may it happen today as your spirit too does your work. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.